This podcast is brought to you by Glitterati Communications. Learn more about Glitterati at BeGlitterati.com. What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to a special series of Art Pays Me interviews with the winners of the 2022 Creative Nova Scotia Awards. These awards are presented by Arts Nova Scotia and the Creative Nova Scotia Leadership Council. They are presented annually to celebrate excellence in artistic achievement, notably the Portia White Prize. Winners of the Prix Grand Prix, the Established Artist, Emerging Artist, Indigenous Artist Recognition, and Black Artist Recognition Awards, as well as the Creative Community Impact Award are also honored. Collectively, the awards are worth $75,000. Visit artsns.ca for information on how you can nominate a Nova Scotia-based artist or apply for awards and grants for yourself. These episodes were co-produced by Heist and Kiki Beats. On this episode, I chat with Emerging Artist Recognition Award winner Atandi Monroe. Uh, she's multidisciplinary, and I'm, I'm a huge fan just knowing her jewelry work, her movement. We even got to uh, hoop on the same team in the uh, ECMA uh, music <laughs> awards basketball game. So uh, uh, this is a, a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy. First things first. Who are you? What are your pronouns? What's your artistic medium? If I know that's kind of hard for you to define. And what's your home base? <laughs> okay, so they're all very hard questions. <laughs> I'll start with my name. I'm Itandi Monroe. I use she, her pronouns. My artistic mediums uh, are all over the place. And uh, kind of to bring them back, I suppose, I have a degree in Photography, jewelry design, and metalsmithing, and I've been a dancer my entire life. Okay, so when you say you've been a dancer your entire life, were you like the five-year-old in dance class? Three-year-old like in dance class. Three-year-old <laughs> in dance class. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So you did the, the chicken dance and all that stuff? <laughs> Everything. Um, <laughs> ballet, tap, jazz, flamenco, modern, hip-hop, interpretive, contemporary, all of it. Nice. It's one of my biggest passions. And you still dance today? Yes. Yeah. So, unrelated question, how do you maintain flexibility or are you able to? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, as a mother, it's kind of different because when you're, there's like little cheats, cheats I guess. Um, yeah. When you're a mom and when you're pregnant, you get really flexible. So you can like oh. stretch a lot more and regain your, flexi like your flexibility a little bit. But in general, I try and stay fairly flexible within like teaching and dancing almost every day. Uh -huh. So it's, so it's just like a part a, of it. It's yeah. a practice that yeah. you have to keep doing. Okay, got you. Uh, so when you, you have all these different mediums, uh, we kind of talked about this be, uh, off camera, but mm -hmm. uh, would, would you say there's like a continuous story that you're trying to tell with your art? Yeah. Um, 
And that story is kind of still being written, I think. A lot of my work, I like to leave kind of open and research and experiment with it all. I don't like, I never did like to pre-plan everything. Mm -hmm. For me, it was always like, even when I was in school, it's like drilled into you, as you know, because we went to the same school, sketchbook first, sketchbook, sketchbook. And it was like days, yeah. months of sketchbook. And I was just like, but I like, I always went back to my first idea. No matter what it was, it was like, even if I didn't use my first idea to like refine it all the way through, there was always like an essence from the very first spark or like idea or form or line yep. that I had that I always would go back to and then move forward with from there. And a lot of the times I spent procrastinating because I was like, I didn't find it enough, didn't do this enough, whatever. And just jumping in, I think with your first, there's something special about jumping in with like your first initial idea or a spark, as I said, um, and then letting it kind of evolve through the process, kind of like outside of your sketchbook, which is where a lot of my work kind of developed the last year of my degree. Um, I spent a lot of time looking at my son's drawings when he was three, so I was finishing my degree when he was three years old. He was in this phase of like drawing everything completely uninhibitedly, lines everywhere, but like he knew what it was. So yep. He'd be like, this is this, this is that, this is that. And I thought it was so amazing, obviously as a parent, but in those lines, I wanted to bring in a way for my family life and like him to be within my work. And it was hard finishing a jewelry degree at NASCAD, pregnant <laughs> with a three-year-old and like not spending time with him. Mm. Um, so that was my way of like keeping that connection. But within that, um, I started taking his lines. So I even took myself out of the sketchbook. So I, I would bring in his lines. I would sit down at like one tool that I chose to use, which was a micro welder, which was like an easy way to put metal together. Mm -hmm. And I started just recreating his lines in my own way, like three dimensionally. Yep. And I didn't think about it. I just like had a spool of steel. Um, and started welding, tack weld, cut, tack weld, cut, tack weld, cut. And then within, within that, it built. It built into like this kind of process that I do for everything now. So it's, it started off with these sculpture pieces and him and went into my, my own jewelry designs, so like my, my more commercial jewelry design things. It's found its way into the way that I move in my body moving in ways that I want, like, make me feel good without thinking about it. Um, and it's also found its way into my photography work, too. It's kind of everywhere. Mm. It's all about lines and paths and journeys and not letting them block. Right. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's got my mind thinking on something else. So... I have a martial arts background and mm -hmm. I remember like for as beginners, they have like these very specific moves you have to do and they're very rigid and it's like, mm -hmm. you have to do it this way. And then they bring in some like master from wherever to do a seminar mm -hmm. and their hands would always be a lot looser than what we were always trained to do. And mm -hmm. I always look at that and I'd be like, why are they not doing it exactly like the way we were trained? Mm -hmm. And there's something about like, when you get to a certain level of expertise, you kind of can throw out 
all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Would you find like the cool thing about like your kid is that, and I think a lot of artists chase this, is mm -hmm. that purity of not even having to be bogged down with all of that Absolutely. stuff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it, it's exactly what you said. It's like once you reach like a certain level, you just like let it all go. And a lot of artists, I feel like do this. They go back and they look at kids' work and they're like, that's where I started. Like, what's, let's revisit all of that and, you know, bring that back in some way. Right. Um, so how does, uh, like, living and creating in Nova Scotia impact the work that you make? I thought about this question a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, I'm a product of my environment. We all are. Mm -hmm. And it directly impacts everything because it, can't not yeah you know it's I grew up here I'm from here my parents are from the Maritimes my father's from Nova Scotia and it informs everything that I do on a daily basis including my art how I walk how I breathe how I talk to people everything mm -hmm. right it's also like a really unique place in Canada that I feel like not a lot of other places replicate what goes on here, you know, socially, environmentally, everything. And it informs a lot of artists about what we want to talk about, mm -hmm. what we want to show in our work. Right. And you've been, I mean, you've been dancing since you were three years old. So would you say you identified yourself right then as an artist? I mean, I've been dancing and drawing since I was little. Okay. Like, I, you never saw me without a sketchbook. Mm -hmm. And, but without rules, <laughs> sketchbook without <laughs> rules. Um, and you obviously, you would never, you, you couldn't put on music without me moving to it in some way either. Hmm. Yeah. So um, with all of these different like levels of <laughs> these ex expert uh, skills you have, is there any like one work that stands out for you that you're like, and why would you say that it stands out? Yeah, so there's one piece that I did back in 2020 for Nocturne. Um, and this is a harder question than I thought it was gonna be. Um, it stands out for me because of the process. Okay. So everything about the project flowed from start to finish the way that I thought it would. It kind of worked out perfectly, but within the process, there was an application phase. Mm -hmm. And what made that project special was how they read my description and agreed to fund it in the way that I saw it. Oh. So that project was based off of an accumulation of parking tickets that I received while going to NASCAD. <laughs> And it was excessive, it was a lot. Um, but after a while, I got to a point when I was like, I shouldn't be having to pay for these parking tickets, it's ridiculous. And then I just like kept racking them up, kept racking them up. And like eventually, obviously I would have to pay them because you can't drive after a while. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I kept all of the tickets. Um, and, the paper is like a vellum kind of material. Uh, you can't rip it, you can't really destroy it. It doesn't really break down. It's kind of a waste of money. Mm -hmm. 
and I applied using that as like my materials. So each ticket was worth $25. Some of them were worth 50, some of them were worth 100, depending on when I paid them. And Nocturne was the one that funded the project and they paid me back for every single ticket that I accumulated. So it was like within the process of applying for this, writing my description in the way that I worded that this was unjust as like a black and indigenous person with that ancestry and heritage living here in Nova Scotia, having to pay to park on land that is essentially like not, not the cities. Yeah. Um, they agreed, paid me back for all my tickets and that's what I used to make jewelry. And then I took pictures of it and put it downtown. So it was, it was very much about that process. And that's cool. Kind of showing that there are places and people that are like, yeah, we also don't agree for this. So here's reparations for what you went through. Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned something interesting. How do you, how have you felt as a black and indigenous person uh, creating art in this space, in this city, in this province? Mm. Um, it's weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's all I can like. It really depends on who you're working with and the spaces that you're in and the spaces that other people create. And a lot of the times it's hard to find a good balance in that. And it's hard to take everything in, even if people are trying to do like good or they think they are, there's always something that comes up that you're just like, wish that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's been a lot of talk about truth and reconciliation and then Black Lives Matter in the last few years has gotten more popular. Mm -hmm. uh, have you found a change in the way things have been received by you, say, since like 2020? Yeah, I mean, I feel like in 2020 was at the height of it all. And there was like a big push to kind of accept and find belonging for certain folks and people within places. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like we're kind of like tailoring off a little bit. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm asking you a question now. I would agree. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely going down. And it's not like, I don't think that it's going down in terms of, you know, the opportunities that are being presented, but in the general attitude towards like what you might say or do and how people react to that. Yeah, I, I, it feels like people want more permission to be able to say and do certain things mm -hmm. regardless of how it hurts others. Yeah. Uh, and for me, empathy is important and you yeah. could just not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true, everyone has something to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you talked about your creative process. Mm -hmm. um, now that your your kids are getting older, mm -hmm. uh, how does that has that changed anyway? Are you still kind of looking to them to say, "Hey, like"? Well, my son <laughs> is uh, really passionate about drawing. Okay. And he draws every single day. He loves it. It's like he goes through so much paper. I don't know what I'm gonna do, um, but. His younger brother is now three. So he's, his younger brother is the same age as he was when I started looking at his pictures. And he's starting to make like the same lines, like Im images and objects that 
he knows what they are and he can describe them and I'm like that's interesting it's so cool so there's gonna definitely be I think like a revisit um, with my second child and I'm interested to see what those pieces look like and what comes of it mm -hmm. so I actually when you and when you talk about those lines with dance mm -hmm. is that kind of the same thing where you're like there are certain techniques I learned as a dancer but I'm just gonna throw those out and follow these lines that I'm making up yeah, I mean, there's certain techniques that you learn as a dancer that you've done so many times over and over and over and over and over again that you don't think about them. So it's not so much about like ditching absolutely everything, yeah. but it's more so just not overthinking everything gotcha. that you do. Um, you know, we learn technique and skill and, and, and trades for, for reasons, but at a certain point you can like, let go of a certain like strictness that comes with it all and mm -hmm. um i think that's when special things come up right so uh how does getting this award sort of feel for you it feels amazing <laughs> um the last three years have been a big blur <laughs> mm. um and getting this award kind of honors that blur <laughs> this is the best way, I can, best way that i can say it it honors like all the sleepless nights the time away from my family the work that i've put in like killing myself uh it honors that and it feels good mm -hmm. do you do you feel like your family gets it like do people like why are you doing all of this <laughs> um yeah, I think so. I think they're starting to get it. <laughs> my kids are getting older. They're starting to understand. Maybe not my three-year-old, but he loves, like, he loves dancing. So, um, and they watch me. They, they've been at multiple uh, performances that I've done, but the, the most recent one I did in PEI for Art in the Open, they both sat at the front and it was like fairly quiet. They could have been yelling and screaming through the whole thing, but I didn't hear one peep out of them the entire time until the end and they were like, Mom, you did a really good job. That's, that's <laughs> and that nice. felt nice. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you had to think about like some of your artistic aspirations going forward or like where you see yourself in the next five years, mm -hmm. what does that look like? I have this like really big want to dig into what is at the core of what I make and it all comes back to music and like sound and inspiration and a lot of the times I'll like make a piece of art and I always kind of like hear a song or like connected to like a song or a type of song in the end. Mm -hmm. And I never really thought of that as like, maybe I should look into that more, but now it's really obvious that everything that I do when I create sculptures, when I do jewelry, when I dance, I don't do anything if I don't put on a song, or if I don't put on a music. And that informs a lot of what I do. Um, I love dancing, but it's like, why do I dance? Because I love music, probably more than I love dancing, which is why I dance. Mm. Um, so digging deeper into that and trying to incorporate why that is a thing and 
trying to make my own sounds too. So yeah, well, you're saying that going back to your creative process then, mm -hmm. is there a particular type of music you might listen to? I listen to everything, literally everything. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you, you do like all these different dance styles. So like, I, I guess I'm wondering like, are you like, okay, today I want to do classical because <laughs> it's going to put me in this type of mood. Yeah, definitely. If I'm like doing production stuff in jewelry, it's like straight classical music. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. But it's different. It's different every time. And a lot of the times when someone asks me to make like a custom piece, I'll ask them for a song mm. that they feel connected to. And then I'll put that on repeat and like I'll make the piece listening to that song over and over and over and over again. Nice. Nice. Yeah, like I, I had some custom sneakers done mm -hmm. a few years back. And the artist, you might know Kemi, mm -hmm. Kemi Smith. Uh, and he like ask me like what are you listening to right now what's on your ipod yeah blah, blah, blah. like what are you angry about what are you happy yeah. about and he incorporated all that stuff into the design so yeah, that, yeah it makes makes sense yeah music is like at the heart of everybody i think yeah <laughs> well that's it thank that's you that's it yeah <laughs> that's all oh yeah i'm based out of st margaret's bay <laughs> <laughs> i like the the piece at the end thanks for listening to this special episode of art pays me just a little reminder, visit artsns.ca to nominate a Nova Scotia-based artist and make sure you apply for a little something-something for yourself. And another shout-out to the wonderful people at Heist and Kiki Beats for making these interviews possible. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, Please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace. <laughs>